Hey there, welcome to Talk Back, hosted by yours truly, Gloria Shea. Good evening to you. Today is Sunday evening. Uh, Today is February 23rd, uh, and today is my grandbaby's birthday. Happy birthday, Kari. Today she is 10 years old, and I do want to say again, happy birthday to my baby baby, the youngest of my two granddaughters. Today is her birthday and we all want to say happy birthday to Kari. So welcome to Talk Back. Thank you for tuning in today. We're taping on Sunday evening today. Just had a lot going on this weekend. So I'm actually taping a little later than normal. But anyhow, here goes. First, we're going to take care of just a bit of business. Our sponsor is, guess who? You got it. Safe Step Walk-In tub they have the industry's leading low step in they offer you financing and certainly they are a member of the better business bureau if you have a loved one who's having a bit of trouble getting in and out of the existing tub call safe step walk-in tub at 1-888-214-7020 that's 1-888-214-7020 give them a call let them know that talkback sent you and they will take good care of you i promise 1-888-214-7020. That's 1-888-214-7020. Ask them about their new shower package and they have senior discounts, a lot going on there. Give them a call 1-888-214-7020. And certainly you can go to their website at gotosafestep.com. Okay, so we're going to just jump right on in. We're going to talk about to talk some politics today. Haven't really been talking politics lately. Last couple shows we've covered in honor of Black History Month, we've covered Nina Simone. We started out the brand new year with a two-part series on the life and the legend of Nina Simone. Then we talked about Spike Lee and the uh, great film director Spike Lee and talked about his contribution to the film industry. And uh, also we're going to have I do believe next weekend, the end of uh, rounding out the month of February and on our Black History Month, we're going to talk to a gentleman about it's going to take us back to a lot of black history concerning the West, how the West was won and how blacks played a part and uh, the great West and how it was won. So, yeah, we're going to wrap up next week program and wrap up Black History Month. And we're going to have a guest that's going to come on with us. And we're going to do some history, check some history facts, some African-American history facts. And want to share all that good news with you, okay? All right. So today we're going to talk some politics. We did, I understand that the Nevada, the Las Vegas, Nevada primary was, of course, wrapped up this weekend. And some interesting news came out of Vegas uh, this weekend. Bernie Sanders won that um, he carried Nevada pretty handedly with 47% of the votes. Uh, Buttigieg came in with 15% and Warren had about 10%. So uh, Bernie Sanders came out as uh, the victor there uh, in Nevada, a state that actually... um, I mean, he just he, he just took it. He took control of it, and he won it pretty handily, no doubt. That state carries about 1,900 delegates. Delegates, and uh, let's see here. Looks like Bernie 
ended up with about 34 of the delegates in uh, in uh, Nevada and Buttigieg uh, rounded out in the second and he carried 23, was able to get 23 delegates out of the state of Nevada. So Bernie Sanders came out the victor there. Buttigieg came in second with 15%. Warren came in with 10%. And Biden came in fifth uh, with uh, nine. Let's see, it looks like he carried, he got maybe six delegates there. And so he came in fifth. And so he didn't do too well. Biden didn't fare too well in the uh, primary there in Vegas, in Las Vegas, Nevada, unfortunately. Uh, I understand that uh, candidate uh, Pete Buttigieg did attend a church service today in uh, Jamaica Island, South Carolina, and he was able to attend. It was a, It's a black congregation there, and he was able to go there, and he was their speaker. And I understand it went over very, very well for Pete Buttigieg that he was well received there and um, that he gave a pretty decent speech. So um, we'll see. He's a hot he's a hot commodity right now, Pete Buttigieg. And we're going to talk about him and his rise and his popularity. And he's really getting with Bernie. It's it's an interesting race for the Democratic Party where a lot thought that once Joe Biden threw his hat in the ring, he would pretty much be a a great force on behalf of the Democrats. Not happening. First of all, Bernie Sanders is, he, Bernie Sanders won in Iowa. He won in New Hampshire. And he won in Nevada. So now we've got the primary coming up in South Carolina and Bernie is running neck and neck with Joe Biden in South Carolina. So interesting, interesting things going on in the political scene uh, among the among the Democrats. Biden came in fifth in the Nevada primary. So and he lost in both New Hampshire and in both Iowa. Biden lost. So we're it's interesting how this is going to pan out. Bernie Sanders, his campaign, his grassroots campaign is making a lot of noise. And he's he's letting you know he's coming. But we're going to talk today about Pete Buttigieg and his candidacy and his rise in popularity and what Uh, We think he's going to add to the race. And does he have a chance to really boot Bernie Sanders off of the top? Now, Elizabeth Warren, in the last debate, I did watch the debate. She came out swinging and she took no prisoners. Uh, Bloomberg, she just lit in on from the very beginning. She was she just went from from go. She was just all in it. And she really came out fighting, swinging. And she landed some blows with Bloomberg, with Biden with Bernie, (laughs) with Pete Buttigieg, and the other candidate there, the other woman candidate, she really, uh, Elizabeth Warren, I I have to give her uh, her props. Uh, She is a force to be reckoned with. She's not going to go away. And they're going to have to, at some point, I mean, who knows when it comes, who knows who's going to be the Democratic pick 
uh, for candidate for, for president of the United States. Who really knows? At this point, it's up in the air. It could be Bernie. Bernie's got a great shot. Bernie has a great grassroots organization. He's on the he's he's on the ground. He's got people, you know, on the ground and they are working hard to get his message out. Now he's categorized himself as a socialist Democrat. Right? So which I am uncomfortable with because I don't know what the heck that means. I know what the Socialist Party has stood for, and um, I know what the Democratic Party say they stand for. So I'm not sure what a Socialist Democrat really, really is. Um, It's a touchy subject with most Democrats. Most Democrats do not like that stigma stigma being called the socialist Democrat. You're either a Democrat or a Republican or an independent. That's been the three parties of this country for most, um, certainly for the last uh, few years. However, let's say maybe the last, what, maybe the last 20, 20 years, because um, I think maybe around the 80s, we start to hear more about the independent party. So anyhow, but that's what Bernie has tagged himself. Biden is, is he in trouble? Is Joe Biden in trouble? I watched the Democratic debate in Vegas. And I must say, I was alarmed and a bit disappointed with all of the Democratic candidates. Because quite frankly, they all appeared to be a bit rattled to me especially Joe Biden, because let's face it, even I thought that with him throwing his hat in the ring, he would be the formidable, the affordable, the formidable force, <laughs> trying to get that out. He would be the force to get Trump out of office. He would have the African-American vote. He'd have the backing of the unions. He'd have the working middle class vote hands down. This was my thinking. Probably a lot of my listening audience as well. I don't know now if Biden has the juice to unseat President Trump. I'm just not sold on that. I don't know if I believe Bernie Sanders has enough juice. Sure, he's got a great campaign going. He's got a, the, the biggest momentum going now into the South Carolina primary and even into Super Tuesday. But I don't know if Bernie Sanders has the juice to unseat President Trump. Pete Buttigieg, rising popularity, soaring right now. He appeared to be the most, I think, calm, charismatic, uh, seemed to have thought out plans for the economy and how he wants to maintain. How he, he, he has an inclusive message. Pete Buttigieg has an inclusive message. Let me stay there for a moment. His message is inclusive. And I think that's what's turning everyone on is how Biden has missed this, that, I don't know, I, is beyond me, but I'm a, I was a bit disappointed in the debate with everyone, including Elizabeth Warren. I like her ideas, I like her spunk. 
I have the same question for Elizabeth Warren that I have for Bernie Sanders. How in the heck are we going to pay for all of this? That's my biggest question for Elizabeth Warren. Who knows? Be nice to have her on the show and ask her that in person. But yeah, Joe Biden is is he's lost Iowa. He lost in New Hampshire and he lost in Nevada. He, He ended up in fifth place. So with all the disappointing finishes in Iowa and New Hampshire, Biden and his team are counting on the unions. I keep hearing to keep him in the race for the White House. So this is the news that I keep hearing off of the news feeds that I'm checking on is he's counting on the unions. Well, Bernie Sanders says he has a big stake in the unions or the unions have a big stake in him as well. So we we're going to have to just kind of watch and wait and see. Speaking of unions, union memberships have fallen off a bit. Uh, It says here they've dwindled by half over the last two decades. So over the last 20 years, membership of union representation have been around 10% for the American workforce. Biden says that's going to change if he's elected into the office. I'll tell you another thing. The story has been all over Vegas. Bernie Sanders won the union, the culinary unions in Vegas, was courted by Bernie, and guess what? They, it worked. They overwhelmingly chose Bernie Sanders over Joe Biden. Overwhelmingly chose Bernie Sanders. So interesting. This is just an interesting, it gets more interesting and more interesting as we move closer and closer to the uh, major elections. And of course, we've got to have the convention, the Democratic convention. Not sure where that's going to be held yet, but Who's going to come out as the as the nominee is anyone's guess at this point. It really is. So a lot, not just me, but there are a lot of folks out there that are saying that Biden's candidacy candidacy has been a letdown. A letdown. He lost the culinary union in Vegas here recently. They all went with Bernie. Interesting stuff coming out of Vegas. Interesting. So the strong union support went to Bernie, did not go to Joe Biden, and um, he did not perform well. He came in fifth in Vegas. So that unfortunately did happen. And uh, we're waiting now to see what's going to happen in South Carolina and how Joe Biden does there. By the way, Bernie is closing in on the African-American vote there. So the odds now are not as, as great as they were maybe even six to eight weeks ago. Uh, the, um, the numbers are tightening. Bernie is, is making some strides there with African-American votes in South Carolina. This is going to be crucial for Joe Biden. He has to win South Carolina. He really has to win it handily. Overwhelmingly, he has to come in strong. He needs to really win South Carolina by maybe two, 10 percentage points or more. I don't know if he's going to do it. I, I wouldn't. I just don't know. You're listening to Talk Back, hosted by yours truly, Gloria Shea. Welcome to Talk Back. Today is February 23rd, 
and we're taping Sunday evening today, um, just a little bit later than normal, but we're glad to have uh, you out there listening. Thank you for listening to Talk Back. Thank you for supporting us. We want to thank Safe Step Walk-In Tub for partnering with us here at Safe Step at uh, Talk Back. They have been our first initial sponsor of Talk Back, and we want to thank them for just jumping in with us and uh, seeing us um, on our way. We do appreciate that. So give them a call, Safe Step Walk-In Tub, if you have a loved one who has some issues getting in and out of the existing tub, Safe Step Walk-In Tub, give them a call. 1-888-214-7020. That's 1-888-214-7020. And you can certainly go to their website at gotosafestep.com. Okay. So yeah, politics is uh, a stirring. (laughs) And there's a lot going on in the political scene. Trump just had a rally. And uh, right after... Oh my God, uh, so much is going on and he, uh, there's so much news coming out. The intelligence, have you heard, uh, the intelligence, uh, agency now is saying that Russia is interfering in, uh, our current elections and primaries and things, uh, again, just as they did in 2016, Trump had a rally recently and he of course waved it off and said that it's just sound bites and, Uh, just talk. It's not really authentic. And uh, now they're also, have you heard that they're, and they've been all over the news, major networks this weekend, talking about the fact that Russia is choosing Bernie. They're actually working overtime to get Bernie as the nominee for the Democratic Party. And so just, just unbelievable, just, just unbelievable. And, um, but you know, politics and their strange bedfellows. So, um, yeah, so South Carolina, by the way, which is a right-to-work state, and uh, as I did state, it's the next nominating contest for Biden. He's uh, he's expected to do well in South Carolina. Uh, it's a, He needs this as a resurgence of his campaign. There's no doubt about it. He is ahead among African-American voters there. But as I said, Bernie Sanders is closing in on those numbers. There's about eight of the 16 states in, uh, that's going to be voting about four days after South Carolina, what's considered uh, or called Super Tuesday. And they are right to work states as well, where both unions and individual union members on average are less likely to be politically engaged according to a 2018 study. So Vegas, uh, it was a bust for Biden and, and probably a shock for him as well. Although he says now on to South Carolina and he's not really moved by it. I think it was a a big blow for his campaign. No doubt uh, about that. But we're going to talk about a young man who is uh, on the rise in the Democratic uh, Party. He's Democratic presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg. And he is, um, he's former mayor of um, Indy in uh, Indianapolis there. And um, he is 
Mm-mm, I don't know if you'd consider him a liberal, um, a moderate. That's a good question. I love to have him on the show to ask him um, where does he kind of fit there. Uh, would he consider himself a liberal Democrat or a moderate Democrat? He's done very well to kind of stay off of that positioning uh, for a liberal or moderate. But uh, I think as time goes on, I think he'll have to answer that question and let us in on uh, on that. But he has a, a very recent endorsement by the San Diego Union Tribune, the editorial board, here just a few days ago did uh, give him their endorsement and uh, they did an article front page news why Pete Buttigieg should be president of the United States so he got an endorsement there from the San Diego Union Tribune now it's not the New York Times or the Washington Post but that's pretty noteworthy to to say you know to note that he did get that endorsement there from from that publication a lot of if we take a look at the democratic candidates bernie bloomberg who's now in the ring uh, elizabeth warren and uh and such they're older gentlemen they're in the age of 77 78 year old they're older men and women and um Buttigieg is the youngest candidate of uh, of them all, and uh, he he's he was the mayor, fourth largest city in Indiana, South Bend, and he's got a. I think, I don't know what you think. Tell me what you think, but I think he has a fresh approach. He has an inclusive um, tone and. Uh, um, approach there that I think is going to work very, very, has been working very, very well for him. Very, very well. And um, the first year he was elected mayor in South Bend, Newsweek placed it on a list of the 10 dying American cities and noted that a number of young people in the city of about 100,000 residents had declined by about 2.5% in 10 years, casting doubt on whether it will ever be able to recover. By 2016, columnist Frank Bruni had written in the New York Times that Buttigieg's talk on urban innovation in South Bend is so polished and persuasive that by the end of it, you've hopped online to price real estate in the city. The unemployment rate fell in half on his watch in South Bend. In the early stage now of this 2020 election, what is clear and probably what fills most of his supporters with hope is that voters seem more eager eager to choose a moderate candidate than a progressive candidate to beat Trump. So Buttigieg does seem to align himself more in the moderate, much as did Barack Obama. And they're saying that voters are more eager to support the moderate stance versus a progressive to beat Trump. They're betting their dollars 
that Buttigieg has a shot at beating Donald Trump. So he got the endorsement from the San Diego Union Tribune, which is generally the their positioning over past presidential elections have been centrist. They they they're more they more centrist and uh, stance like politicians who take more of a centrist stance and they've been highly critical of Trump's harsh rhetoric and things that he's been proposing by the way and I'm going to get back to the story about Buttigieg I was listening to public radio on a drive earlier today and I was astounded at the record number of declassification or where Trump's his his administration has literally taken away a lot of the standards that Barack and even prior to Barack that uh, George W. Bush fought for uh, in industries that were on they were made to bring up their standards He's, he's, Trump has totally, the tech, there's so much, not just the coal industry, but the things that are, that involve our environment, our environment and the climate change, Trump has dismantled one by one. He's taken off the restrictions and there are these are these are companies that have been made to make sure that nothing uh, harms more the, our environment. Well, under o- o Barack and other administrations, but now that Trump has been in office for his first four years, he's done a lot of damage uh, when it comes to climate control. And uh, he's done. A, he's he's just taken the lid off of of uh, allowing industries now to basically have no no watch on them. And I I was I was just blown away. I was astounded at the things that uh, he's managed to do so far in his first four years. But anyhow, so yeah, getting back to presidential candidate uh, Pete Buttigieg, um, he's doing well. He came in second in um, in Nevada, and uh, he won in Iowa, and uh, he won in New Hampshire. So um, we're looking at a candidate on the rise, and uh, he's going to have to be reckoned with. We all know that former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg has now thrown his hand in the ring. He was at the uh, part of the Las Vegas debate, which I don't... If I had to grade Bloomberg, I'd maybe give him a C. C minus, maybe. Like I said, Warren came out swinging and she landed some blows on Bloomberg. And I think he was just a little bit ill-prepared as well. So if I yeah, if I had to grade his performance on the debate, I'd give Mike Bloomberg a C- uh, for sure. Um, but Elizabeth Warren, who is uh, certainly an intellectual giant in her own right, 
so much chutzpah, so much spirit. I commend her on that, and I respect her so much for that. My main question, if I ever get to interview Elizabeth Warren, is where and how are we going to pay for all these grand plans that you have? Because they sound good. They sound awesome. Uh, free education for all, uh, you know, uh, Medicare, not Medicare, but access to health care for all. That's what we, it's a great political, as a, a, a great a political pundit would say, it's great to hear, but how will we pay for it is the question. And so, um, yeah, and of course, Biden, I'm, I'm just disappointed with. I really am. And Buttigieg is just rising. His popularity is rising. And he has such an inclusive message. Progressive, yes. But his moderate uh, stance is winning, winning over a lot of voters, including the African-American voters. The only thing about Buttigieg, of course, is he lacks... Experience in D.C., Washington. He lacks real high political experience in Washington. This is this is going to be new to him if he should win. What if his chances of winning? What if he wins the nomination? He will be the first gay president ever. And I mean that is uh, along with set precedent, and that I mean that would just make history, of course. But couple things that I see interesting is lacks experience in Washington. He does have a long record of bipartisanship. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, these are things that we, of course, we, of course, we need to, we need to consider when it comes to the questions about Pete Buttigieg and African-American support. Uh, whose record as mayor, now he's had some some issues there, whose record as mayor shows his top staff didn't mirror his city's diversity and includes a controversy controversy with an African-American police chief whom Buttigieg demoted. And Buttigieg did address the fatal shooting of a black man by a white officer in his hometown during this campaign. That suggests that he does approach he will approach it he does take things on directly I should say he doesn't run from the issues he will approach it directly he um, he'll show up and he'll step up and he will give um, what he thinks is uh, uh, an honest answer he's you know he does say that I want to be honest and uh, I want to give my opinion but I also want to hear I heard him say I also want to hear the opinion of others so he had some criticism, a lot of anger from uh, his local residents right there in South Bend concerning that sh- fatal shooting of the black man by that white police officer. Uh, the, it, that did not go away, I'm sure, as quickly as he wanted it to. Uh, president of the local NAACP chapter there supports him. And he says Pete is someone who has done a significant work in our community. Then there's uh, something progressive should keep in mind. Buttigieg is running as a moderate. As I stated, 
But he points out his Medicare for all who wanted proposal would make him the most progressive president in 50 years. So that's where I think I got a little bit confused because I remember him talking about the um, his proposal for health care. And it is a bit progressive because he's not like Elizabeth Warren and even Bernie saying universal health care for all. He's saying, no, let those that currently have their health care plans and are happy with their health care plans, we don't want to take that from them. And he's right on that. If they're happy with it, it's working for their family, their working class family. They should not have to lose it to uh, to be part of this universal health care plan, which no one says how they're going to pay for it. It's got to come... It, let's face it, it's got to come from taxes. And the wealthy, the top 2%, of course, they all say they want them to pay their more of their fair share, which they should. But is that going to be enough? That's the whole question. So Buttigieg saying, yeah, no, we don't want to take health care from existing families who are happy with it. It works for them and put them in this all-inclusive you know, universal health care plan. He doesn't want to do that. That's not his proposal. He wants to then bring those who need health care under a uh, separate umbrella and allow. He wants, he says he wants to expand o- Obamacare and make it even better. So, um, so yeah, he's a moderate. He's a moderate who's running on a moderate platform, but he has some very progressive ideas. Very, very progressive ideas. You're listening to Talkback, hosted by yours truly, Gloria Shea, right here on Talkback. We're heard on Apple Podcasts, Google. We're going to be coming up on iTunes, as well as iHeartRadio, so look out for us there. And our sponsor is Safe Step Walk-In Tub. You can reach them at 1-888-214-7020, one 888 Give them a call toll-free, and you can certainly go to their website at go2safestep.com. Capabilities, is he capable? I'd say well capable to become president of the United States. He has been mayor of a major city, and uh, so his capabilities are not really in question. He was his high school valedictorian. He has multiple degrees, uh, Yale, the University of Chicago Law School, and um, Harvard, Oxford, he speaks seven languages besides English. He taught himself Norwegian so he could read books by uh, Norwegian authors. He spent three years as a consultant um, at McKinsey and Company and seven months in Aga- Ag- Afghanistan as a Navy res- uh, reservist uh, helping out um, in the area of Kabul uh, when he was mayor, so he um, he's been named Mexico's current. Uh, um, I mean, he's 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 well liked by um, constituents and folks all over the place. He really, really is. In the debate, he did he did pretty well. I thought I thought he he, he squared off pretty well, and um, he's he seems very composed. Uh, it seemed like his his responses are well thought out, and I thought he did pretty well. If I'd had to rate Pete Buttigieg, I'd give him a, a B. 
I'd give him a B plus. Yes, I would on the uh, on the last debate in uh, Las Vegas. The question, I guess, is: Will Americans take kind? Will they elect a gay president? Is that going to happen in 2020? Who knows? I don't know if America is ready for that. I can say this: I think America is more ready than not. I think America is more ready than not. And I think that if Trump and uh, his constituents, Lind- the Lindsey Grahams of the world and, uh, uh, you know, all those fame, those talk show hosts who get who's behind him, Limbaugh, Russ Limbaugh and all those, I think they're in for the shock of their life because they're going to they've got all this pushback coming because is this country their question is. Is this country ready for a gay president? I think the country is more ready for a gay president who can take this country into the 22nd century with more of an inclusive message than they're not. And I think that the Rush Limbaugh's of the world and the uh, Donald Trump supporters of the world, I think they're in for a shock. I really do. The New York Times editorial board in a prior article did ask Buttigieg how he would balance his, because uh, he's uh, Episcopalian, I'm sorry, Episcopalian faith, how he would uh, balance his faith with his duties as commander in chief. And he showed wisdom and eloquence. He says, I think you have to accept the reality that you are living and working in a broken world just as we are all broken human beings and try to order your steps in a way that brings greater good than harm. Messages like that resonate with people. Let's face it. It resonates with people and could be time for a generational change. Instead of making America great again, maybe it's time to make America good again. That's That was the endorsement coming out of the San Diego Tribune. So um, interesting stuff here. Um, I learned also that, I don't know if you, many of you even remember, we had a story that we did. It was quite a few, maybe back in the summer, we did a, an article that we covered and we talked about um, the Russian when, of course, when Russian was, it was being reported that they were uh, interfering in our election. But uh, we remember Julian Assange, Assange, we did a story, we talked briefly about him and his connections. And uh, we talked about when he was booted out of the, uh, the Paris embassy there in Paris and he was made to leave. Well, there's a report circulating out of Washington that former California Republican Congressman Dana Rohabacher confirmed in a interview that during a three-hour meeting at the Ecuadorian Embassy in August of 2017, he told Julian Assange he would get President Trump to give him a pardon if he turned over information providing the Russians had not been the source of internal Democratic National Committee emails published by WikiLeaks. Yeah, remember, we did a story, it was back in the summer, about Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. He's the f- founder of WikiLeaks. 
And so in a phone interview with Yahoo News, um, he said his goal during the meeting was to find proof for a widely debunked conspiracy theory that WikiLeaks' real source for the DNC emails was not Russian intelligence agents, as U.S. officials had since concluded. So word now is that President Trump got word to Julian Assange he would be pardoned if he would turn over information proving that it wasn't the Russians who interfered with the, uh, the emails that was published by WikiLeaks. Now we've had our intelligence agency confirm over and over again, high-ranking officials confirm that the Russians did interfere and that the emails were leaked by Russia. So here's another turn, another twist. A lawyer for Assange in London on Wednesday of this week cited the pardon offer from Roja Bakker during a court hearing on the U.S. government's request to extradite the WikiLeaks founder. So we may be extraditing and bringing in Julian Assange here to the States to actually stand trial. White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham immediately said, not true, she denounced a claim about a pardon discussion with Assange as complete fabrication, adding that the president barely knows uh, Dana Rockenbacher and has never spoken to him on this subject or any other subject. Rockenbacher said that not only did talk of a Trump pardon take place, during his meeting, but he also followed up by calling then White House Chief of Staff John Kelly to discuss the proposal. He did not, however, ever speak to Trump about it, he said. I spoke to Julian Assange and told him that if he would provide evidence about who gave WikiLeaks the emails, I would petition the president to give him a pardon, he said. When he spoke to Kelly who was, of course, then chief of staff, uh, who he said was courteous but made no commitment that he would even raise the matter directly with the president. He knew that this had to be handled with care. Can you believe it? Can you believe the things that are coming out of this White House? The corruption, the dishonesty, the cover-ups. Amazing stuff. Well, my time is up. I hope you enjoyed a talk back. Stay with us, stay tuned, more exciting shows coming up, and thank you for listening. Until next time, America.